Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. This episode is brought to you by Mike Young, the makeover master. If you feel your business image might be costing you money, influence, power, and respect, then head over to makeovermaster.com to discover what their complete brand makeover experience is all about. Go check it out right now because everyone deserves to look their best. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. Today's guest has created a multi-million dollar design, motion graphics, and a 3D animation studio called Already Been Chewed. Such an awesome name. Already Been Chewed works with some of the most iconic brands in the world to help launch products and develop engaging content. His style is influenced heavily by skateboarding, hip-hop, basketball, and sneaker culture. In his early days, Barton learned to film, edit, create motion graphics for skate videos and worked as a freelancer to provide for his family. He's worked with the likes of Nike, NBA, NFL, Lil Wayne, Rob Diedrich, Rihanna, Marvel, DC Comics, Tiffany & Co., Lucasfilms, and the list goes on. But it hasn't always been that easy for him. He's had a lot of struggles to overcome, just like anybody that's successful. So I'm super excited to discuss his story and how he can inspire you today to go on and do amazing things. So Barton Damer, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. And going over your story and you know, what you've uh, been able to achieve so far is, is super inspiring, man. So let's, uh, let's, let's go back a bit. Let's uh, fill in the gaps and tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, <clears throat> going all the way back to some of the inspiration that you listed off there, um, I grew up skateboarding. Um, and a longtime skateboarder, literally started skateboarding when the first Back to the Future came out. Um, and then uh, it was just like a East Coast street skateboarder in the 90s and uh, continued to skateboard to this day. Um, so a lot of my influence and in not only my, my music, uh, but the types of editing that we're doing here at uh, my studio, Already Been Chewed, are heavily inspired by early skate videos, um, in particular skate videos in the early 2000s as well, when they started incorporating motion graphics and things like that. Um, and so <clears throat> just the influence of that culture and then being on the East Coast in the 90s, uh, of course, hip hop was a big part of that. Um, and uh, just try to uh, take the things that I really love and I'm inspired by, uh, basketball being another one of those things. Um, and trying to infuse it into the style of what we do here at, uh, at the studio. And then uh, we also mentioned sneakers. Like I'm super into sneakers, uh, love that entire uh, like culture and the vibe, and uh, being a skateboarder, I'm the type of guy that I buy my sneakers, but then I wear them, uh, so I'm not like collecting and never touching them. Um, and I just kind of grew up skating like the dunks that were – difficult to, to find, but I was the guy that was skating in them just because I liked the style of it and things like that. So that's kind of the initial inspirations uh, of my personal style and then how I've tried to translate that into some of the work that we do here at our studio. Yeah, nice. So you must have noticed the big change in like over the years with skateboarding and the skateboarding culture. 
and developing your brand around that. What kind of challenges, obviously starting out, you know, with, uh, you know, Doc Brown and uh, Marty McFly in the Back to the Future days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are, the hoverboard was epic, man. Like, I think everybody wanted to, wanted that thing to skateboard and turn into a hoverboard. Yeah. You know, what? Behind a, a car holding on to the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you get the Biff, the Biff one that's even, even better, which is like, incredible what kind of what kind of personal stuff and struggles like from have did you have to go through just over over the years of having to adapt to technology and obviously since then things have changed you know maybe just paint a picture and and you know to the audience listening out there like the different things that you've had to overcome because a lot of people are having to change the different styles as things move on and you have to be adaptable so Maybe just kind of let us know how that those changes throughout the years that you had to go through and, you know, what kind of struggles you went through along the way. Yeah, I think there's there's kind of two ways to approach like the the adversity. There's um, adversity that actually propelled me into my career. And then there's also the adversity of what you're talking about, which is constantly trying to overcome and figure out what the market will pay for. Um, because it's very easy to be a struggling artist um, and uh, breaking out of being like a quote-unquote starving artist is not an easy thing to do. Um, so super thankful to have built an entire studio and be able to work with the brands that we're able to work with. Um, and so to your question, um, I would say <clears throat> initially – you know, being involved in skateboarding, some of the very first, uh, I guess, moments of adversity for me was that I actually went to school um, for a public relations major. <clears throat> so I had ac- actually very little interest, actually no interest in art or design or anything. Uh, for me, uh, when I went to off to school, <clears throat> that was basically a new city for me to find new skate spots. And I was getting a degree because my parents wanted me to. Um, and so three weeks into my freshman year of college, the only two ways that I knew how to meet people were through skateboarding and basketball. And I blew out my ACL and tore my meniscus, uh, skateboarding, uh, on the new college campus that I was supposed to be getting, uh, an education from. Um, so at that point, I was limping around college campus for almost two months until Christmas when I could have my ACL and my meniscus reconstructed. And during that time, I had an entry-level drawing course that all public relations majors were required to take. Um, And so uh, I could no longer skateboard or play basketball, so I stayed up in my dorm room um, putting all my time and effort into the 101 drawing class that I was required to take. And got really passionate about it, um, realized that I could draw with a pencil almost photorealistically, uh, and then people started telling me I needed to change my major. And so I ended up changing my major to commercial art. And so uh, if you're not familiar with having a torn ACL or a torn meniscus, uh, the process of reconstructing both of those together, especially back in 1995, uh, was a full year's worth of recovery. Um, so for the next year or so, I couldn't do the activities that I loved to do. And that worked out better for me because had I never had that injury, I never would have taken the time to sit down and focus on my art 
and perfect my craft because I was just having too fun being young and athletic to sit down and like, you know, do something about my artistic skills or even my degree uh, at that point. So that injury, uh, even though it devastated me as a as an 18 year old uh, being a freshman in college, was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because it really got me focused um, and kind of set the course for for where I would head with my career. So, interestingly enough, I graduated uh, in 1998 uh, with a degree in commercial art, um, and so I did everything from oil painting to graphic design. And then as I graduated and got my first uh, job, started realizing and hearing kind of a buzz around the industry that print was dying. And I was kind of like, okay, I just got a degree in this. <laughs> I'm glad it's dying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I did start experimenting with web design um, and building websites. And I quickly realized that writing code uh, was not, for me, like I basically was creating what I would consider an online brochure. It wasn't necessarily like a website. Uh, and one of the things that I enjoyed most was the thing that everybody else hated. I loved animating flash intro pages back in 1999. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody hated those flash intro pages because it meant that your website had to load over and over and over. And, but it was my first experience with any kind of animation was using flash and flash animation uh, for websites. And then uh, interestingly enough, I had been in my career uh, doing design work for some design firms outside of Washington, DC. And I was kind of bored with graphic design. I actually almost wanted to quit and go down a different career path. And um, I was still skateboarding. Uh, but I blew out my other ACL. And this was at around 27 years old or so at that point. And uh, I wanted to be able to keep hanging out with my friends, though, because I knew this was going to be another year-long process of you know, recovering from this torn ACL and reconstruction. So uh, through that injury, I began filming and editing video. And I had never picked up a camera before, never used Final Cut or Premiere or anything like that. I was actually kind of a product of, of Apple at the time uh, because iMovie was relatively new. And so I started filming and editing skateboard videos um, in iMovie and then eventually realized, okay, I need something a little more serious than iMovie. So I started learning Final Cut Pro. Um, and after doing Final Cut Pro for a while, I started kind of asking myself, you know, do I actually enjoy filming and editing or am I enjoying the animation of the title graphics that are going in these skate videos that I'm making more? And I was, I was enjoying the design and animation of the title graphics. And I, so I, I kind of realized, okay, I don't like sifting through hours upon hours of footage and editing it down as much as I do like designing and animating these graphics. And so uh, I began teaching myself After Effects. Um, prior to that, I didn't even know what After Effects was. Um, and I just started seeing some animation popping up in skateboard videos. Um, and this was like probably around the year 2000, 2002 in that time period. And, um, and so I began teaching myself After Effects. 
And very quickly after, um, I realized that a lot of my work was miss missing the depth and some of the dimension and texturing that I was seeing in some other motion design work that was online at that time. And so I started investigating and uh, chose to use Maxon Cinema 4D as my, my 3D package uh, that I really poured all my learning into. Um, and that kind of led me down the path of eventually becoming a freelancer and then building it into a studio. So just kind of skipped some sections there that we could talk about more if you'd like to, but I wanted to give you a little bit of the backstory there. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that was, it's great. And I love this whole story because it ties in perfectly to this show. And I wanted to just go back to what you were talking about in the beginning, how you tore your ACL. Because all yeah. the listeners out there, there's, there's people that are playing, you know, I was a hockey player, right? So I'm very aware of ACLs and what it does to your career. It, you're fucked for the whole year, yeah. you know, like yeah. you, you are. And it's always a known thing like, oh man, he tore his ACL, he's done. And back in 95, you're right, things were, things were, <laughs> it's crazy when you say 95, because to me, 95, you know, I was 12 years old. It seemed like not that long ago, but it, it's crazy when you think about it, right? Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> you can probably agree with me. You're like, what the hell, man? But yeah. it's, it, it, with, with an ACL like that, you're obviously, you're forced to take the sidelines, right? And I loved how you went into how it kind of forced you to, you know, work on your drawings and work on your art instead, because you probably wouldn't have done that otherwise. Right. And right. sometimes like that was a gift for you. And, and that's exactly, you know, the things that I love to bring out of people is that like those adversities, those challenges are actually the gifts that helped you become who you are today. Because if you didn't yeah. through that, you probably wouldn't have developed that skill and, you know, gone down that rabbit hole, down that rabbit hole that you went through for so long of all these different things. Right. And, um, yeah, man. Super cool. Also, I just want to talk about like your, like how with drawing and how things have changed so much. Like even when you watch a Disney movie from the late nineties or something and how they did it and yeah. how it's evolved into, you know, it's, you know, all CGI now, you know, how, how, what, some of the challenges with that, how did you deal with it? Because obviously, you know, you learned one way in school but then yeah. people are telling you, you got to do another thing. Like a lot of people would say, fuck it, man, I'm out of here. Like I, I, this is too, there's too much, there's too much yeah. change. Right. And it's, yeah. it's been like that in the marketing world. Like when I went to school in 20, 2008, the way they did marketing, they didn't talk about Facebook marketing didn't talk about any social media stuff. And yes. you almost have to relearn the entire curriculum of, of how it's all implemented into this, into the system. So Maybe just how, how did you adapt? You know, like how did you stay on track? Like what are the things you did for adapting to change? Because you obviously have that skill. And for people listening out there, especially in the online space, you know, how have you been able to adapt to change? And what are some of the things that kept you on course, you know, that you had to work on to keep you on that path? Yeah, I mean, to that point, it's always changing. Um, and it's, it can get annoying, you know, every once in a while, it's like, can we please just keep the equipment that we have? Can, can Adobe just stop putting out updates because I'm good with this, this year's version, you know, I don't need them to keep re-releasing stuff. Um, so it is a challenge and, and to be quite honest, that's part of the inspiration behind the name already been chewed. Um, and so as designers, 
it's really easy to fall into the same old tricks and regurgitate the same type of designs over and over and over. And uh, that's, that's definitely a part of what already been chewed means is it's almost like a self challenge to make sure that myself and my studio and the guys uh, that are working with me, that we don't fall into that creative rut and, and just get comfortable uh, because it is always changing. And so we are, we are always wrestling with that, but I think we're the group, we're the type of group that's excited about that. Uh, we're, we're big enough to operate as a team and be able to accomplish a lot of things together that we didn't think we could pull off, but we're also small enough that if we needed to change software packages or render engines or things like that, that we could do it tomorrow without having to like convert, you know, a hundred employees over, uh, cause there's, there's eight of us. Um, so it allows us to be able to, to keep up with, uh, the way things are constantly changing. Um, and, and to reference like your original question as a commercial artist, I'm, I'm very comfortable in, in being just that a commercial artist. I know I'm not a fine artist. I'm not trying to develop this one style that's going to make me wealthy for the rest of my life. Like that's, that's really challenging to pull off. Um, so as a commercial artist, I realize that we have to be diverse in not only the style and uh, types of work that we put out, but also in the, um, the software that we use um, and the mediums that we're willing to work with. So for instance, in my career, I've seen it go from, okay, print is dying into, okay, all designers have to learn web design now and become UX, UI designers. And, and then, you know, all of a sudden, all designers have to do explainer motion graphics videos, you know, and, and it's constantly uh, changing. So you do have to keep an eye out and a pulse of, okay, what is the market willing to pay for? Because as an artist, I can't hold on to, uh, you know, Photoshop skills knowing that our clients are now paying us to do it a hundred percent in 3d. Um, so a lot of the work that I was doing for Nike originally first Nike projects that I did were, were about seven years ago or so. And it was a ton of Photoshop work. Well, now if we're working with Nike or Under Armour or any of the other shoe brands that we're um, developing content for none of it's Photoshop, it's a hundred percent CG and 3d renders um, and so, you know, as an artist, had I just stayed with, well, no, Nike hires me to do Photoshop work. So I'm going to, I'm going to plant my flag and I'm going to do Photoshop work for the rest of my career. Like you've got to be able to, to move and manipulate with what the market's willing to pay for. And, you know, though, there will be a time in the near future where my studio already been chewed is going to have to look at what we do and decide, okay are we going to have to do VR or AR? Like we've been dabbling with it a little bit, but there just hasn't been much of a demand from our clients for it, at least not from us. Uh, but there may be a time where we look back and we say, remember when we used to do like all these really cool animated spots? Like, yeah, now we do only VR and we don't ever render anything. It's all real time. Uh, so we definitely have to keep that in mind if we don't want to become obsolete. Yeah, it's fascinating to me, man, because there's just such a change. And, you know, originally a lot of people, when they sign up for these kind of things, like even with you, you probably wouldn't have thought, hey, in 20 years, I'm going to be doing this stuff with all this like 
computer stuff. And, right. and that's why a lot of people fail, man, because they're not willing to adapt to change. And it's like yes. that in so many industries. And I see it all the time too in, in you know, online and doing online marketing. And there's always, I also find trying to stay original is challenging as well because you see certain styles of videos and you learn one, somebody's doing one way of final cut and then you see everybody start to do it. And yes. I find it fascinating how, how somebody can go in and kind of create this new thing that's like all of a sudden the trend and then everybody else is trying to copy them. Yes. <laughs> because you got to catch attention, right? I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, you've got to be able to stop somebody and be like, well, what is this? Right? And Especially with social media. The, yeah. The, you know, the trends catch on and then a week later, everyone's like, eh, over it, you know? <laughs> yeah, like apps and stuff that, so, you know, being able to put in like subtitles and all this stuff, I feel like once everybody, once they develop all these apps to do that and make it easy, then nobody wants to do that anymore. Right. So the next yeah. And I just find that it's, it's crazy. And just to see the growth and how much it's changed, even in the last two years, is, is mind-blowing to me, man. So um, I love talking about this because it's just so important that people are willing in their business and anything to adapt to change or you're, you're going to be screwed. You're not going to be successful because somebody along the way is willing to roll the punches and be able to develop and, you know, hone their craft. So super yeah. cool, man. Well, and the, the upside of that is for somebody that is coming up, um, whether you're out of college or skipped college and are self-taught, it almost becomes a level playing field every three years. <laughs> you know oh, yeah, that's, like, that's a great like, point. Obviously, like I'm bringing to the table some experience over the many years and obviously like design experience, but it should be encouraging to somebody who's half of my age that they're going to be able to come into this and break through with the newest thing. Yeah. And that newest thing might be augmented reality or virtual reality. And they might have, they might be able to skip over and never learn Photoshop or never learn illustrator. You know, they might be going straight into, you know, whatever the new technology is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Like the youngins, man, they don't even know some of the stuff that we had. They don't even, they have no yeah. idea, you know, like answering a landline telephone or something. This is simple. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that, you know, we need these young, these kids in school and how different it is, man. But it's also super exciting. I, I also, man, I, I really want to touch on another thing is you talked about you being a freelancer. Now it's super, it can be super difficult on, on your family on the people around you because you know you're working for yourself you're taking that risk you know you're doing the, the true you're being a true entrepreneur and you know not working for somebody obviously has its perks but it's also it's it's very difficult so can you yeah. just maybe just kind of talk us through you know freelancing in the beginning you know the struggles that you went through and like how it made you better you know obviously adapting to change but like what did it have did it have you know, some struggle with your family and having to sort of have that pressure of being able to take care of your family because, you know, you got to put food on the table. So maybe yes. kind of tell us a bit of a story on, uh, on how you dealt with that and, you know, how you continue to deal with it on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. So there's a saying you may have heard that an entrepreneur will work a hundred hours for himself so that he doesn't have to work 40 hours for somebody else. Um, and that saying is so true. Um, and so, uh, I was freelancing nights and weekends for about three years straight before I decided to go out on my own. 
Um, and I find that as an artist, it's very easy to be either be overconfident or just completely, I'm not good enough. Look at all the amazing people that are on the internet. I feel like as artists, um, maybe I'm exposing myself, but I feel like in general artists are either kind of cocky because they're stoked on their latest project or they just don't even feel worthy whatsoever. And it's almost like the two extremes there. And so uh, for me, while I was freelancing during that three-year period, I started to get some industry recognition. Um, so in 2009, um, I won Digital Artist of the Year, and that was through um, <clears throat> uh, sponsored by Intel, uh, excuse me, uh, computer arts magazine uh which at that time computer arts magazine was like i mean that was better than than winning any kind of a grammy in the design world because computer arts was just that respected um uh, at that time um and so i started getting features and, and magazines of course print was a much bigger factor in 2009 than it is right now um and uh so those were things that again kind of spoke to that confidence level uh because um, I started realizing, wow, like the industry leaders that I look up to are actually excited about my work. They're doing features on my work um, because otherwise I probably would have just felt like, okay, I'm not good enough to even consider going out on my own. I'm not good enough to consider working with this brand or that brand. Um, and so winning some of those awards and getting some of those magazine features um, allowed me to kind of get the confidence to be like, okay, someone thinks I'm good. Uh, so I need to kind of explore this a little bit more. Um, so, you know, putting in my resignation uh, was one of the scariest things I've ever had to do because I liked my job. I wasn't like an entrepreneur that's just disgruntled and a bad employee. So he wants to like start his own business. You know, it wasn't like that. Like I liked my job. Um, but I was working, um, nights and weekends and I got to a point where I could kind of pick and choose what I wanted to work on nights and weekends. Um, so the first obstacle or I guess step into, you know, being able to start your own thing is, can you even feel, fill your nights and weekends with freelance work? And then if you do, can you fill it with any work that you care about or are you just filling it with a bunch of stuff that provides a little bit of extra money, but you're not happy. And you know, the last thing I wanted to do was branch out on my own and be the owner of a company that I would hate to work for. Um, so that's always been kind of a driving factor for me as well. And the decisions that I make here at ABC is, you know, the types of clients that we're working with, the types of work that we highlight and put on our website, those are all things that um, I didn't want to go out on my own and be the owner of a company that I would be bumped to work for. Um, and so I got to a point where the work that I was doing nights and weekends was, was winning the awards. It was getting recognition. It, it became important to me to fill my schedule uh, with things that I actually cared about and felt like I could launch out on my own and be, be proud of the, the studio or the, you know, moniker of being myself uh, under the name already been chewed. Could I be proud of that? Um, and so once it got to that point and I put in my resignation, like I said before, it was just one of the scariest things ever because um, 
I have five mouths to feed. Uh, I'm married and I have three kids and my wife helps with the business as ABC is currently. But at that point, you know, she did not have an income. Like my full-time job was our income. So she was staying home, taking care of the kids when they were younger. And so to quit your job and have no backup plan, like this has to work. If it doesn't work, I'm going to be begging for my job back six months or a year from now, you know? Um, And so putting that kind of stress on yourself, um, I think for me, it's motivating. You know, it's like, it's like the, uh, the bird that gets kicked out of the nest. You got to learn to fly. Um, And so that's how it was, you know, super scary, but it, it, it had to be that way. Yeah. You got to burn the boats, right? You're on the Island. You got to burn the boats and there's that's in uh, think and grow rich. It's super powerful, man. Um, it's that commitment. It's almost like, you know, you're telling the universe or, you know, whatever it is you believe in that you're fully committed and there's no yes. going back. And I, you know, I've heard of this so many times because if you, if you have that backup plan, always, you won't fully commit to what you want to do. And it kind of yeah. shit's got to get scary and you got to feel that like, Oh man, I'm, this is it or a bust. Right. So yes. and nobody wants to have to go back, crawl back to their boss and all that kind of thing or whatever <laughs> it is they do. Because, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, that's super important. And there's just so many of the similar traits to entrepreneurs that I talk to that have that same, you have to have that mentality. Tony Robbins talks about it too. And super powerful, man. Now, yeah. as far as, Okay. Let's talk about now, you know, where you're going with this, man. Like you're obviously doing really well. Like it's super impressive who you work with. You know, what kind of things are you looking at, you know, down the road here with your company? You know, what kind of challenges do you foresee going through and, you know, what can you, what what would be something that you could give the listeners out there um, for university of adversity? You know, one thing that, they could use to overcome adversity to go on to become great, whether it be in in something like your industry or anything, what is one thing that, um, that you could offer them to kind of apply into their life that you use on a daily basis? Yeah, I I would say there's a saying that, uh, that comes to mind and it's to get to it, you have to go through it. Um, and so what that means is, um, there is going to be adversity. There's going to be really hard times. And so uh, we're in a very fun uh, and exciting situation where we are doing work for dream clients. And there's no lie. Like I kind of look around and I wake up in the morning saying, I can't even believe we just turned a project into Disney today from Texas. (laughs) You know, that's amazing, man. Um, and, And then, you know, working on various shoe releases with Steph Curry and Under Armour and things like that. So there are moments of just kind of freak out of like, I can't believe this is happening, but there's so many struggles in running a small business and so much stress involved. Um, And there've been times throughout the eight years where I kind of asked myself, why am I even doing this? Why don't I just take a job as a creative director at Nike or Adidas or Under Armour or something? Why don't I just do that? Like, uh, and it's crossed my mind over and over and over. Um, and there've been low points. Um, but, uh, I got through those moments. I didn't give in and 
at the moment, I say at the moment because you never know, but at the moment, I'm beyond thankful that I went through it so that I could come out on the other side and get to it. Yeah, that's great. I love that saying. And I just, you know, that's the thing too, is like right now in our society, you know, not everybody is designed to be an entrepreneur, right? And that's the thing. And I feel like some people feel like if they're not an entrepreneur, they're not going to be successful. But like, there's, there's certain days where I'm like, why, why am I doing this? Like, mm-hmm. It'd be so much easier to go back into what I'm used to and running bars and, 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 and working in hotels where I'm, I know that I got this boss that tells me, Hey, you got to do this now though. And sometimes that works for people, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And some people aren't wired to be entrepreneurs. Not everybody is. I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing if you can figure it out, but you know, not everybody is, but it's great to identify the fact that, you know, if you really want to be, you can be, but you know, I just feel sometimes people, I don't know. It's, it's being an entrepreneur isn't as, as glamorous as some people say it is because yeah. <laughs> it's through a lot of shit, but yeah. it's all about deciding, you know, what, what are your skills and what do you value? You know, some people like having that structure that, you know, and, and, and which is fine because you know, even if you were to take on like a different role with, with a big company and be a creative director, that would be a different thing, but I'm sure you would probably enjoy that as well. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, you know, where you are in your life and yeah. you know, what it is you, you want to do because you may, some people down the road may say, Hey, you know what? I, I kind of work, want to work for a big company again or, you know, or, yeah, yeah. you know, because there's a lot of work to be done in different areas. So it's kind of where you are in life. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like that quote you said too, man. Like, um, say that one more time. You got to go through it. You got to go through to get, it to, to get to it. You got to go through it. To get to it, you got to go through it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, where can let's plug you here? Where can everybody find you? Um, I want to check out your stuff too, man. Because there's a lot of listeners out there. I'm not sure if you work with a lot of online marketers, but there's there's such a demand in video editing and video producing for content. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And yep. you know, I would love to be able to. Um, you know, get you out there and, you know, have people go and, and check your stuff out, man. So where's, where's yeah. the best place to find you? Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my personal Instagram is where I'm pretty active. So if you have questions, you can DM me for sure. And I'll, I'll respond. Uh, that's a lot easier than trying to email me. Yeah. Uh, get lost in the abyss of my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my personal one is at Barton Damer. So it's B-A-R-T-O-N-D-A-M-E-R. And then our, our company Instagram, we're super active there as well. We do a lot of behind the scenes posts. Uh, so it gives insight into some of the 3D work that we're doing, kind of exposes what was, what was CG, what was in camera, uh, things like that. And that's uh, at already been chewed. Uh, Such so, a great name, man. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, and then our website is www.alreadybeenchewed.tv, as in television. Okay. Awesome. All this will be in the show notes too. I just, you know, I, I love to make sure that we know where you're, where you're going. So you got your personal Instagram, then you got your already been chewed and you got your website. Perfect. That's super simple for people. Um, yeah, man, I really appreciate it. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing your growth and where you go with this. Um, you know, there's, there's pretty much endless potential in this field and, 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 you know, super excited for you, man. Thanks yeah, so much thanks. for joining the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. All right. Well, uh, everybody check him out. Make sure you go and check out what he's working on. Martin Damer, he's got some amazing stuff in the works. And um, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you create in the next year, man. Thanks so much again for coming on and have an amazing day, bro. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some value from that. Without you guys, this is impossible. So I really, really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the episode and got value from it, go ahead and rate it, review it, hit that subscribe button. We want to get this to as many people as possible. and We want this thing to grow. So go ahead, rate, review, subscribe. And I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.